Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. He replied, What do you wish me to do for you? They answered him, Grant that in your glory we may sit, one at your right and the other at your left. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink? Or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They said to him, We can. Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right or at my left is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at James and John. And Jesus summoned them and said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you will be the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. During the graduation at Princeton, I went up and the president handed me a rolled-up document with a ribbon around it. It was blank. No, if you want your diploma, you're going to have to show your receipt that says paid in full. So after the graduation, I drove my mother and father to a building. They stayed in the car, and I went in and got my diploma. When I came out, my father was in the front seat reading a map, and my mother was in the back. So I said to my mother, do you want to see my diploma? From Princeton. And my mother said, I hope you don't turn into one of those smart know-it-alls. Now, why would my mother say something like that, like that on, on, my nice, on my nice day? And the reason why is because I grew up in Norwood at the school of Mary Grover. That's my mother. And in the school of Mary Grover, I learned the value of humility. Humble people are always hungry to learn and understand more. Hungry people are always generous and grateful. Humble people are always recognize the needs of others before the self. When Jesus was 12 years old, he was in the temple, listening to the instructors and asking them questions. Jesus was in the Harvard University of Jewish Studies, the best place you could ever go, the best scholars and instructors you could find. Wonderful liturgies. 
Any parent would be totally happy to have their child enrolled in such a school. But Mary and Joseph took Jesus to Nazareth. What's in Nazareth? There's no intellectual center in Nazareth. There are no great teachers and scholars in Nazareth. There are no liturgies in Nazareth. What's in Nazareth? I'll tell you what's in Nazareth. The school of Mary is in Nazareth. Let me ask you this question. Where did Jesus learn to eat with sinners and tax collectors, to forgive them and to give them all a second chance? He certainly wouldn't learn that in the temple, would he? Where did Jesus learn to go into synagogue on a Sabbath and cure a woman that was hunched over for 18 years? He wouldn't learn that in the temple, would he? Where did Jesus learn that while he was on the cross that he forgave all his opponents? He would not learn that at the temple. No. Jesus went to the school of Mary. And what exactly is the school of Mary? It's her Magnificat. God always exalts the humble. God made us humble. You know, when I go to St. John's twice a week to teach, I return home, and as I'm turning, as I go out of the driveway, there's this large rock in front of the building. It must have been there since the first ice age. It's really uh, buried into the ground, and I don't think it's going to go anywhere, and it's probably going to be there in the next ice age. Now, if you drew a timeline from one ice age to the next ice age, and you tracked the existence of this rock in front of St. John's, it would take up the whole line. Now, if we tracked our existence on the same timeline, what would it look like? It would be a little dot. It would be a little puff. It would be hardly nothing. We're nothing on the timeline. The same thing happens when we stand in front of the stars at night and we look up and we see the vast universe. Again, we turn into another dot, an insignificant puff, nothing. But there's nothing more greater to God than us little dots. Because God made us humble. You know, it says in the book of Proverbs that God is kind to those who have a humble heart. I'll just close with this last thought. I, as you know, some of you, I, I like to fly fish. When I first started fly fishing, I didn't catch a thing. I met this guy who's an old-timer who uh, retired, and he was fly fishing since he was a kid. And he says, I'll, I'll teach you how to fly fish. After a couple of months, I was catching fish. <laughs> he said to me this, he says, you are the best student I've ever had. And the reason why is because you're so humble. You listen. All the other fishermen think that they know it all, they don't listen to anything. But you listen. And I think that's why God loves the humble heart so much. Because when we're humble, we'll listen. We wait on for the calling of God. God made us humble because he loves the humble heart.